It's time now for History Matters. We are joined in the studio by Scott Washington, historian extraordinaire, who brings us this week in history. Good morning. How are Hi, you? Hi. Good morning, Aaron. It's a joy to be here, especially in the week we could truthfully say happy birthday, North Carolina. That's because on July 25th, 1729, uh, North Carolina officially became a royal colony. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, the difference is uh, when the the coast is first explored, uh, what's set up is not like, okay, these are going to be royal colonies. They were actually owned by investors. And so the Carolinas, encompassing both North Carolina and South Carolina, were owned by wealthy investors. And then eventually uh, the royal crown said, wait a minute, we need to have a little bit more uh, control over this, and we want that too. That's a and nice way of saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, I want that for me. <laughs> so about a century earlier, or certainly um, in the um, uh, 6th, uh, 17th century, you had uh, South Carolina becoming a royal colony, and then on uh, July 25th, 1729, North Carolina itself became a royal colony, only to become independent as part of the United States uh, Seventy-five years later, so. Um, but the king had had it for a little while. Yes, yeah, that's right. Good for, for a little him. while. Good. That's right. So we I did not come all the way over here from Germany <laughs> so I could let some other people that's own right. all the land. Even though "Happy Birthday" is an American tune, we can say it with an English <laughs> "Happy Birthday." That's, yes, that's yes. Not like okay. a weird English German that's accent right. that was it. George the First was he the king at that point? I, I feel like right. yeah. yeah, exactly. There is that some kind of that yep. connection. <laughs> there is another English connection this week, uh, July twenty. 28th, uh, 1866, Beatrix Potter mm. uh, is born uh, near London. And um, of course, uh, that's a name that we think of. Oh, what's that? Peter Rabbit. And she grew up in a middle class household, uh, but she had learned to do watercoloring and it was so good. In fact, uh, when she was first uh, developing that skill, uh, the local fungi, uh, she became like an expert, renowned from in the field of mycology for her precise illustrations. 1906, uh, 1902 is when Peter Rabbit comes out. She's 36. Uh, she publishes it, illustrates it. There's some resistance at first. Publishers can't be found, and then one does, and of course it takes off. But what's really remarkable is she's one of the first people to actually develop merchandising. So the following year, 1903, mm. a Peter Rabbit doll, a rabbit, the stuffed animal comes out. That's because of her. She kept thinking about merchandising opportunities. Interesting. Right? 60 books. All right. <laughs> and 1905, but wait, there's more Ginsu knife kind of thing. Wait, <laughs> there's more. 1905, she purchases a farm. She develops an award-winning uh, uh, herd of uh, sheep, uh, herds of, I'd say, herdshine uh sheep, and then... Uh, All this marketing, and she couldn't come up with a name for the sheep that people could pronounce. <laughs> That's right. Well, they're come on, Potter. Hilltop Farm, and she really kept buying up more and more property around because she was really interested in land conservatory. And when she dies in 1943, um, she actually uh, wills all of that to the National Land Trust, which 
uh, is significantly still there uh, in the middle of England because of her efforts. Isn't that remarkable? That's I really just, cool. <laughs> yeah. The history of of marketing is also really interesting. Beatrix Potter is early 20th century. I I took a class on Walt Whitman when I was in college, yeah. and the story of like all of the products that he endorsed right. is is fascinating as well. Like part of the reason he made his name and became a famous poet is because he like stuck his name and his his image and his likeness on all of really? these like weird there's a Walt Whitman cigar box. There's Walt Whitman like <laughs> kids toys. Just like picture of old stuffy Walt Whitman on all of them. I it's thought it'd be like Leaves of Grass, which is his best known. No, 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 yeah, no. It's all like it's all like dime store of, products. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Nothing to I do with not Walt Whitman. Just hi, I'm Walt Whitman. Do you need matches? <laughs> well, buy Walt Whitman matches. And I love that kind of uh, the backstory of how people get into things that. Nor if you look at the early part of their lives, you'll say, Oh no, I don't know who this person would become yeah. and how... It's also a little bit sad because like, so many of these great literary figures from yes. the you know 1920th century were right. really, really savvy marketers. Like Beatrix Potter oh, is yes. one. Walt Whitman is... Like Mark Twain is another classic example, which right. begs the question, like how many great novels and stories and poems and plays are out there written by people who were just as good as those guys right. except at the marketing, right? <laughs> right? Well, certainly it's timing and it's the opportunity, but certainly these people, uh, I think that that fine line between creativity and looking entrepreneurially yeah. um, is something that uh, is really important. Another person right along of this is uh, Amelia Earhart, who has a birthday this week, mm-hmm. uh, born in uh, Atchison, uh, Kansas, in 17... Uh, no, I'm sorry, <laughs> 1897. <laughs> <laughs> would be a little bit... <laughs> she'd be a little Why old. are we talking about her as a great female <laughs> aviator? <laughs> She's long-living. Sticking, 18, uh, I, sticking up for the vampires, she, this Amelia <laughs> Earhart. <laughs> <laughs> July, July 24th, 1897. Uh, her father's working for the railroad. Uh, they actually uh, moved to Des Moines, Iowa, and that's when she first sees a plane, maybe inspires, plants that seed. Um, and then uh, when she moves... You mean there's a way to get out of Des Moines? Let's do it. <laughs> and when she finally moves again with her family, uh, she takes a plane ride in 1920. She is hooked. Uh, she begins a series of uh, uh, lessons and then uh, begins all her uh, fabled mm. kind of adventures uh, going forth. In fact, she w- actually served as a nurse during um, after World War I, uh, after the sp- during the Spanish flu epidemic mm. and even contracted some symptoms herself. Uh, so it kind of remarkable how she had a different kind of a career path wasn't even thinking about planes until she saw one and then took a ride and said, I've got to do that. Also, like, such a fast career arc, right? Yes. Because 1920, you take your first oh, plane gosh. ride, and by the end of the decade, you're world famous. Yes. Within two years, she's uh, had a record climbing to the highest place in the sky, like 14,000 yep, feet. Yep, yep. Um, she's just breaking records after records um, until she disappears uh, with her co-pilot, um, navigator, uh, in a round-the-world uh, trip uh, and has led to where did she go and how did she disappear? She, just shy of her 40th birthday, but still a remarkable woman who um, is still a trailblazer and a uh, certainly a model for so many people as well. Speaking with Scott Washington, History Matters, uh, we've got time for two more. Okay. 
Um, here is a name that maybe not everybody knows, but uh, she is certainly one of the people that we could uh, think of as a hero in her own way, and it's Frances Kelsey. She was born in 1914. She lives to be 101 of 2015. It's almost as uh, old as Amelia. <laughs> <laughs> you will not let me live that down. No, that's the last one. That's the last one. <laughs> no, that's okay. I think it's hilarious, too. Uh, but Frances Oldham, she was born in Canada. Um, she becomes a pharmacologist and physician, moves to the United States, and uh, then she is employed by the FDA to start reviewing uh, pharmaceutical drugs. Um, one comes to her attention, and uh, she begins to have second thoughts about this, will not grant approval. Uh, the, the drug has a, a drug name, but it was uh, formaldehyde, and mm. uh, that becomes um, the, the critical uh, issue in terms of birth defects. But the drug company pressured her to, and pressured the FDA to grant approval. She dug in her heels and, as a result, saved many, many lives. Wow. When it, as, as studies began to come up, that this was actually uh, happening. Because what was not always known was that there were a drug interaction could occur for pregnant women. Uh, passing the placenta into the baby. Yep. This was one of those drugs that did. Mm. And that was just changed everything. So there is somebody who said no in a good way, and I think that's uh, uh, really important to know. When we're looking at the history of things to say, here's a person who had knowledge, who had the intuition, who said, wait a minute, whether it's Beatrice Potter uh, having land con uh, conservation and marketing, but also somebody like this who we may not know as much, who had enough good common sense to protect uh, human safety and human health. And that's another really like cool thing that so many of the people who did the most, even like just in a little way to save yes. a ton of lives, we don't necessarily know their that's names. That's right. Yeah. And here's the other, if you like getting mail, I'll, I'll end on this one because I think this is kind of cool. On July uh, 26, 1775, Ben Franklin was appointed the Postmaster General hmm. by the Continental Congress. Uh, he had been fired by the British after doing this in Philadelphia quite successfully because they were concerned about his spying activities. Uh, and, Probably uh, rightfully yeah, so. Right. But here, this is just after Lexington conquered April of 1775, and Continental Congress says, we're going to establish a, our own separate network. Uh, ben Franklin's put in, in place of that. He, uh, Within a year, he's transformed mail services to make it uh, much more... Um, direct and uh, applicable to the entire nation still, which we all benefit. So the next time you go to the mailbox to open up and you get a letter, you can say, thank you, Ben Franklin. And that is how history matters. Scott Washington, as always, thank you so much. Thank you, Aaron. It is 8.45, back in two minutes with traffic and weather, and then the impossible quiz. We had a Chapel Hill government-themed question yesterday. We're going to have another one of those coming up in a couple minutes, so get by your phones for that. <laughs> 